I I think the only Joker who I think was a bad Joker was uh, Jared Leto. And so the reason why I think that, right? I think that because Jack Nicholson's Joker and um, our friend from the Dark Knight's Joker, Heath Ledger, are different Jokers in terms of basically, you know how there's like supposed to be like three Jokers, like that's actually how like they're different Jokers. Jack Nicholson was like the gangster Joker, so I feel like that was a better uh, comparison between Jared Leto and um, and Jack Nicholson in terms of who's the better Joker. And I think that Jack Nicholson played his Joker well because it was from a Joker that was supposed to be more cartoonish and animated than Keith Ledger's. That's the same reason why I consider Adam West one of the best Batmans because his Batman, the way he portrayed his Batman, I felt like was not only um, correct, but it was also really well done and really well received for a reason. I don't know. I can't get behind Jack Nicholson as Joker. I just can't do it. I can't give him any credit. Like it, it. I would rather get punched in the face by Mike Tyson. <laughs> I really. Think, do you think Heath Ledger spoiled that for you though, or did you? No, I felt I felt this way before. I saw that performance, and I was like, "What is everyone going crazy about?" It wasn't good. And when I say it wasn't good, I don't mean like, "Wow, what a shit show." He fucking sucked. No, obviously we know Jack Nicholson can act. The Joker just wasn't good to me. It, I don't know. It, and th this was during a time where I was like hell bent on DC Comics, and I I was not, I wasn't seeing it. I was just I wanted my time back. That's one of the it's one of the few mo uh, movies where I was just like, Did, you know, why didn't someone hit me in the face with a hammer and tell me to stop? That, that I would, know about you know. Joaquin Phoenix's. Oh, that's iconic, but that's a that's a different that's a different that's beast. A Joker too. Yeah, that's a different Joker too. I think they finally told that story well. Like what what happens when you break someone's will? Yeah. In the world of Gotham, that's I what happens. Like with Joaquin Phoenix, they've completed all three Joker performances. Yep. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And now, hopefully... I understand the average viewer is not going to understand that. And the average viewer is going to say who's better than who. But I was like... Honestly, I could... That's, that's fair to say, like, one Joker was better than the other because, you know, it's supposed to be the Joker. It's also uh, a performance, but I feel like it's not fair to at least put it in perspective that, like, they're playing different roles. Yeah, but then it's not. I wouldn't compare them. I no, yeah, I wouldn't. I'm talking, about yeah. the average, I'm talking about the average viewer, though. People yeah, but the average viewer is stupid. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. The average viewer of any anything. The average viewer thinks the fucking Batman vs Superman made sense. Yeah. Why'd you say that name? You know, like. Like it's Batman. He's literally fucking capping people and running people over. <laughs> I don't know. I. They saw fucking. This motherfucker, they're like, he's like, oh, fuck. In the fucking movie, he's doing his little fucking... His his stupid character shit. And people were like, oh, he's so fucking cool. I'm like, yo. Playing <laughs> Batman. Fuck off right now. We don't care about your personality. Where's the trigger? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I I was uh I'm very particular when it comes to my my comics. I I like I respect that. I like it done with quality, not with star power. And I feel yeah. like that's that's what that's what they did with Jack Nicholson. They were like, "Oh, he's big." And they were like, "It'll be good." And it wasn't. P- opinion, obviously. But um Jared Leto is an anomaly. That's a weird thing. That's a that's a, a weird cuz you know what? I don't I don't think that it's like it was terrible like how people say it was. It wasn't good compared to what's on the board. Let me let me let me clarify that. But um compared to the source material that that was like it was the same mentality uh, the directing of the character itself uh, from like the situations that he was in in the film could have been way better. Mm-hmm. But I think he did his job. It's just I really do feel like what they cut out was what we needed to see so we don't treat his portrayal of the Joker how we're treating it right now, Dude, which they- is like an, an epic fail, basically. Yeah. Do you think given a second chance with Jared Leto knowing the backlash he's gone for it and uh let's say he has control over what's you know seen and what's not seen, like he's not being cuckold again, do you think his performance will actually be considered good? Get rid of that fucking director. Yeah, no, yes. the director's not there. Uh, director's yeah. not there, right? So the director's get... not there. You can see what we need to see, right? But he also has in mind the critiques and what people were so outraged about. Do you think he would have done a better job? I would. I would one hundred percent give him a second chance or, because he is a great. He is a very underappreciated actor. In He's general, yeah, in general, like he his. If you've ever seen uh, or if you've never seen Requiem for a Dream, that movie's fucked up, but it's so good. Like, arguably one of my favorite movies from that dude. It's fucking just twisted, and that's that's one of those movies where like you see his acting chops, and he can do it. It's just what they told him he was gonna do versus what they told him they were gonna show was just both full of shit, which is why we saw what we saw, and everything was so like out of place. Um, which is weird. He's literally the fucking star of the show. Like I know Suicide Squad as a comic for those who are fans of that. Are gonna fucking lovely what they did in terms of having them as the front runners, but like, Joker is literally your fucking ace in the hole. That movie would have been portrayed so much better if we had a better portrayal of Joker. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But again, you know, you you live in your life. I don't the actors they had. Like I feel like the actors had good potential of making that movie good. The cast was nice. I liked it. I mean, you can't you can't get a better Harley Quinn than what you had. Deadshot. I thought Will Smith was good as Deadshot, but the writing for Deadshot needed to go yeah. away. That was some terrible, terrible writing. There was a fucking scene at the end where, like, I forgot what her name was, but she's, like, describing her evil plan to the whole Suicide Squad. And Deadshot just says, Lady, you are evil! Like, what the fuck? Why would you say that? You sh- kill people for a living. Yeah, for real. 
Like he, like his fucking the writing for that character was terrible. But that movie, I feel like, just suffered from a lot of a lot of restraints. I felt like it could have definitely been better. I I do find myself going to YouTube to watch the scenes with Deadshot and Joker a lot. But the movie, like, I don't think I can sit through it again. That'll I'm, no, not as a whole. I'm still legit upset that people. And this is coming from someone who's upset with the announcement of who the next Batman's gonna be. Why Wait, you're upset? I said initially. Oh, okay, okay. From someone who's initially the first time they revealed who the, who who was gonna play him, I was upset. I am not gonna front. I was very upset. I'm like, I feel like they're going backwards now in terms of finding a good person to portray uh, Batman. I was not. I'm actually excited. The only disappointment I had in that trailer was his hair. As Bruce Wayne. That's literally it. That's literally the pickiest shit ever. Dude, a lot of... And this isn't just you. A lot of people don't give... He, Robert Pattinson's another guy. They don't give that dude the credit he deserves. That dude is a solid, solid actor. And I heard that about his performance with Will the Fall in that other movie. That they did and The movie. Lighthouse is fucking amazing. Awesome. Great movie. Black and white, too. I actually wanted to see that movie because of uh, the way it was reviewed. If you want to see like a sobby story of like inner progression, watch uh, his movie called Remember Me. The ending is like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. I've heard about that movie actually. It's pretty pretty good movie. Um, and I'm so excited that it's about Hush. Like Hush is the movie. Yep. And I, it, it seems like it's going in the direction of, based off the people who were cast and like the, the actors we know who are playing who, it seems like it's going more direction of the uh, of the animated film that they came out not so long ago, Hush. Yeah. Um, with the Riddler as Hush instead of um, what's the guy's name? Fucking Batman's old friend, the guy who actually is Hush. can't remember the guy's name anyway he was he's originally hushed in the comics um but in animated series in the animated series it was uh an animated series the animated movie it was uh riddler it seems like it's going that route which i'm not too upset with because i would like to see the original hush are you talking about dr thomas yes okay um i would like to see the original hush as the uh as as the villain, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm actually like it, like Riddler as Hush wasn't a bad you know play for the animated movie, so I'm not a hundred percent upset at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it seems to play into actual good source material. <laughs> I'm uh I'm all in. They're not they're not pulling a fucking a bane. <laughs> Which that's another thing where where we like. We clash at, but for for I, th- I think for separate reasons, respectable, separate reasons. Like, like, um, yeah, like I, I don't think it was a bad performance, right? I think he was a good character that they made. That was, that's an old, that's an original character, because nothing about Bane was original in that movie. So that's only uh, uh, like if they if they just threw an original character out, I would have been so much happier, because it would have made more sense, at least to me as a director. Or as someone who's creating the movie, you know what I mean? Because I feel like Bane, as the comic book character, is such an underrated 
even even as the bat breaker, bro, as the man who broke the bat, I feel like he's still underrated. And I feel like as a character, he was so unique and a lot cooler than people give him credit for. Especially because people always forget that he was once a fucking a toy for fucking Poison Ivy. And I feel like if you would have drawn that out a little more with the actual good writing that Batman, uh, the last uh, Batman trilogy had, that would have been a little bit. That would have been a good fucking story, honestly, in my opinion. But they put the name Bane on him. They took the biggest action comics, one of the biggest action comics, and they ran off something that was, I should have, I, I believe, uh, should have been true to his like to his origins. It was the Jack Nicholson effect. They took a big star and was like, hey, you want to do this? Yeah. But um, I think he's underappreciated because how he how he beat Batman. Like he, It's like, did you beat him? Did you? Well, or was he just never, exhausted? <laughs> he couldn't thing, fight back. You're never, you're never really supposed to beat Batman. That's the thing, too. Like, he goes down, but, like, I, I understand what you mean. Like, But, like, it's like, it's just one of those things, like, his... The point of that, that scene in that movie was supposed to be one of the many things that Batman goes through in the comics on several different levels is the breaking down of his character to rise up and basically like stabilize his place as Batman over Bruce Wayne. It's another trial. It's basically like the reason is like the quarter hours, just like the Joker, is supposed to be the mental breakdown or the physical breakdown that pushes the Batman even further beyond to be that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh joker sorry um we'll see i'm excited it's, it's gonna be a good time that they haven't announced it or they haven't said anything about yet and i'm i want them to take some time and not only like from from doing it anytime soon and not because uh, for the reason of them doing it right, because I think they're gonna do it right regardless, is make mm-hmm. a animated Batman Who Laughs or Dark Metal Universe, um, uh, movie, or series or trilogy, whatever, because it's, it is you know getting pretty lengthy, and that's because I don't want them to overdo it right now, because that's just still fresh. And I want them, I want them to do it right. I want them to do it where it doesn't feel like it's becoming like too uh, bland or overwhelming. But I want to see that in animation. You know what I feel like got underappreciated? Batflick. Batflick? Yep. I felt like he was good. He played that comic version of Batman really well. Yeah. And if I wish they would have came to some sort of agreement because when they gave him directing control of that Batman movie, they saw the script and didn't like it. It's like, well, couldn't you guys have worked something out then? Like, fucking people that want to see this movie i mean granted now we're getting pattinson's batman so which is that's a win but still was really oh. eager to see this dude's batman to be honest all right so first of all i always hated that name <laughs> <Bad luck>. <laughs> <laughs> um so i i'm not gonna lie and say that i didn't wish that they moved on to another batman i'm happy they did or the person who plays batman um, cause I feel like he played a really, he, he, cause this is a lot easier to do. I think he played a really good Bruce Wayne. I'm not going to say he's, uh, he did like a terrible job as Batman, but I, I just wanted someone else to be honest. That could just be a personal thing though. A personal preference. 
hey, I wasn't, I that's wasn't all. That's all. All this is. It's your preference to what what you refer to as your favorite source material in the comic. That's all. Yeah. I still think, hands down, obviously we haven't seen uh, Chris Pattinson's uh, role yet. Robert Pattinson. Chris Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's um, betrayal yet. But uh, I still think Christian Bale had the best potential out of all of them so far. Yeah, if he didn't have fucking throat cancer, that would have been great. Bro. A little, bit, a little bit better writing too, bro. I think he would have been... I, I, he, Oh I mean, my god. Right oh. would be hands down like it was it's going to be so fucking hard to break his performance. Right when you said that, that fucking scene with Bane just popped into my head. <laughs> Where <laughs> fucking Bane's like you came back to die with your city. <laughs> fucking Bale's like no. I came here to stop you. Oh. Why would you say that? Why couldn't you ch- charge them? Don't say words. Yo, I actually facepalmed when I saw that. So th- this would be a little bit weird because it, it is kind of off topic. That does remind me of like a scene in uh, Dragon Ball GT where he's like fucking Omega Shenron and, and Super Saiyan 4 Goku is like fighting. He goes like, and he's blind at this point because he got like scratched in the eyes and he's like, look around you. First of all, you can't see. But he's basically like, look around you, this is going to be your grave. He goes, no, this is going to be your grave, your tombstone. And I'm like, you just said I know you. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> GT never happened. GT never happened. Yeah, that was, we were all in a weird coma. Um, listen. I... I had a purpose. Mm-hmm. If you take the red pill, you hear the purpose. If you take the blue pill, you hear the purpose, but I give you a hug. Oh, blue. Take the Can pink pill. Purple? Oh, shit. Purple? <laughs> What's the purple pill do? That's when you tell me it's twice and you give me a hug. <laughs> And then choke slam you. Yeah. Um. I I remembered something. What was it yesterday when I originally told you I wanted to do this? I remembered something that I wanted to talk about. That had nothing to do with anything, ever. But I remembered it, and it ticked me off remembering it. Okay. So I wanted to talk about it, because. I found it hilarious. Um, please hold. You call the very important to us. That it is. Um, this took place quite a bit ago. Quite a long bit ago. Um, this was during. I don't know. Maybe like. How old am I? I think I'm that age. This is probably like 15 years ago now. But I don't know. I forgot the scenario. I think maybe not. Maybe I'm just old. Uh, my mom was going through a rough patch mentally. Okay. And I was just at home 
kind of mentally wasting away. So I was like, you know what? I got to go get some, some like mental food. I got to go get some like support and what's, what's, what's that other word? Motivation. There you go. I got to go do something. I got to go find this somewhere. I got to go kill two birds with one proverbial stone. So, uh, we used to be a religious family, you know, I'll, I'll have, you know, sir. And for whatever reason, I was too young to remember when it happened or understand why it happened. Uh, we exiled ourselves from that cult. And uh, religion really wasn't uh, a thing. Uh, spiritualism was a thing. So, and I, I noticed that my mom was like super happy. When she had, like, the whole religion thing going. So I was like, you know what? I see these people all the time coming from school. And they they still remember me. And from when I was younger. And they're always asking, like, when we're coming. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go be myself as an, a young adult. And go figure this shit out. Let's, uh, let's see what we can gather on our own. And at this point, I wasn't a huge believer. Period. So I wake up one Sunday morning. It's like screw it. We're gonna go uh we're gonna go talk to Jesus. Gonna, we're gonna go make it happen. And his disciples. We're gonna see what information they have for me. So I go, everyone is shocked to see me. It's still the same people that I saw all those years ago when I was like seven. And I was happy to see them, just because it was like genuine like happiness in the room. So that was, that was a nice feeling. So we all proceed to the main room and we start hearing people speak, 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 speak. And there was one guy in particular. I'll never forget him, his name, his, like what he does. Like I, this guy was moving, motivating. Really, he really touched me, really got me. And um, I was like, dude, I could listen to this guy talk all day. And uh, it wasn't necessarily what he was preaching that got me. It was his passion behind his words that really, like, hooked me into just hearing and dissecting every word that was coming out of his mouth. So the talk is over. Everyone's mingling before they leave. And uh, I get stopped by one of the leaders and they're like hey you know why don't you ask your mom to come it's like you know what i'm let me try that when i get home i'm gonna let her know how this was and i'm gonna see if she's in if she's still interested at all so weeks go by she's like it's no no i don't want to go no 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 but the no's are like more resisted as time goes on she's starting to get curious and then one day she goes so she's getting re-exposed. They see her for the first time and God knows how long everyone's crying. It's a it's a it's a nice scene. And I'm just kind of at this point I kind of got everything I needed from that environment. I uh, I wanted to understand the thought process behind a religion, not all religions. I just wanted to see if I can uh 
wrap my head around why they do what they do and what's their motivation to continue doing what they do despite their reputation. So pretty much got most of those questions answered. And one of the people that noticed, like I was silently exiting, little by little I was showing up less and less and... She kind of caught on to it, and she's like, hey, I notice uh, you're losing motivation to come here every week. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You might you might have been, you might be the only one that noticed, but yeah, you're right. I'm not going to bullshit around you. Uh, eventually, I do plan on stopping and not coming anymore because I essentially achieved what I wanted to achieve. I found, I got what I needed, and I got my mom to come back. So now you guys got her. You're just going to lose me. So the person I was speaking to was like, well, maybe you need a better understanding of what we're doing. So at this point, I'm like, okay, like ease, ease up, pump the brakes, lady. But I'm being respectful. I'm like, really? What did you have in mind? How about a Bible study? It's like, sure. Who's going to do it? You. You. She's like, no, this man. And she points to like this six, eight dude, handsome guy, nice dude. Uh, at least that's the way it looked. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to give this a shot. Let's, let's get, let's see if this works. Let's see if you can pull me back in. So I go to my first Bible study and It's such a weird thing. Like it's it's such a weird experience to I don't want to I don't want to call them these people, but it's it's a weird experience to sit down with someone religious behind closed doors and have them in a corner and see how they react. Because as he was going through Oh, my he yelled at me for not having a, a Bible, by the way. Um That's nice. Yeah, that was was very godlike. Um Thank so you for your to Bible <laughs> and yeah, we're going through all this and I remember he so he's critiquing me right now. He's like he's telling he's telling me like the negativity in the in, in life that I have to avoid and there's certain hobbies that people like to do that are not positive, they're very negative. And he was like, well, what are, what are some things that you like? Like, what do you do that could have negativity attached to it? And I was like, well, one of the things I love to do is play Xbox 360. That was, that was an obvious one. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure if you have a kid, he plays Xbox 360. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Well, what do you play? I'm like, well, I play Call of Duty. And immediately he goes, he starts shaking his head going, well, no, 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 you got to stop that. Now, mind you, this was like prime, like Call of Duty was cocaine to me. So I got offended if you even said something like, Lee, stop. Like I wanted to throw the controller at your face. So immediately I'm like, okay, you got it. Now you got to like, you got to tell me why. You got to tell me why I got to stop playing something that isn't real for the sake of fun with other people that I know. Go ahead. Go. Convince me to stop playing. And he starts going on about 
the, the negative thoughts that it brings people and uh, the stigma that's attached to it, to which I found completely ironic. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's stigma attached to your religion, but, you know, carry on. And just that I really needed to remove it from my life. So I was like, okay. Well, I'm not going to stop because it doesn't harm me at all. Uh, sure, I get a little upset when I don't get the score that I want, but I'm not violent, and I'm not violent towards people because I'm not a fucking idiot. You know, if if you if you pick up a game and you're like, I shot this person because of Grand Theft Auto. I think that person was just retarded. You know, I, that's just how that how that works. You you were just mentally challenged, and you probably should have got checked out. It's probably your parents' fault. Um. So we go, we keep going on this debate. Like, he's so gung ho about me stopping one of the one of my hobbies that legitimately like made me happy. Like, I was a happy guy playing MW two, Black Ops, all that stuff. Those are some good times. And he just he he wants it to end. So I was like, well, me stopping. What is that going to do? Like, what is that going to change tomorrow? It's like, well, you're going to find, you're going to use that time you have for another activity. It's like, okay, like what? Well, what are other hobbies that you like? I like playing basketball. Well, there you go. Now you can use that for that. I already play basketball. I make time to go outside and play basketball. I'm not just stuck on my 360 all day. Well, what's something else you like? And he's trying to like dig for something to replace the the gaming so i started to break it down for him like i got like i got into a heart to heart before it got stormy like i was like look like you you understand like what religion is to you like you 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 told me religion saved you to which i respect 100% because although religion has a lot of stigma attached to it i think it does beautiful things for people if they're an adult about it if they're logical about what it is. As long as you're not a parasite when it comes to religion and you just try to infect people, I think you're doing religion the right way. Religion should serve you. It shouldn't be force-fed to people, you know? Like, it should do something to you individually that it does for no one else. That's some Religion, to me, is something special. That's something that can't be replicated. It's just... It looks similar in other people. And I respect that. I respect that this is your path in life. I, do I agree with it? Hell no. I don't think most people agree with it. But I don't think it's my position to dispute you on that. Because you walking this life isn't affecting me. Sometimes it does when you knock on my door. But I don't answer. That's how I solve that problem. So I don't have an issue with how the path you're walking right now, but because I walked through your doors because you were, you guys were asking me to come, not because I wanted to. And I revealed a bit of my personality to you that you disagreed with. Now you're demanding a change. How is that following what you're preaching? You're asking that I change for the sake of what? For the sake of your comfort and with my presence among your congregation? 
That doesn't make any sense. Because you have no idea what gaming did for me. You have no idea the many times that my life got dark and all I had to do was turn on the N64, the PlayStation, Xbox 360, like, you know, use my Game Boy and go catch a fucking Lugia. You have no idea how many times all those moments stopped me from doing dumb things in life. And how gaming saved me, just like how religion saved you. You have no idea. So you have no right to presume to know, just like I didn't presume to know what religion did for you. Because I don't know your story. I just know that this is the path you're walking. So I respect it because this is doing something for you. It's speaking to you. And you feel like you want, you want it to speak to more people. But I feel like you're doing it for the wrong reasons, bro. You want this to yell at other people so they, the message could just get beaten into their heads. That's not how religion should work. Now this guy gets very offended, very serious. Because he's been in it so long, he wants to school me. But he's failing to realize that this isn't an argument. This is a discussion between a young adult and an adult. The eyes of an adult after struggle versus a young adult currently through struggle. Sometimes when you've overcome perseverance, you kind of forget what it felt like. So things like getting on the right path seems a little seems a little different when you don't remember what it was like to not see the fucking path in front of you to begin with. So that's kind of what I was trying to explain to him. Like you it's 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 very bizarre that you would invite me here say that you are going to accept me and everything that comes with me and be grateful in my presence the fact that i'm showing up and committing to you guys yet the moment you find more stuff out now i feel resented and like i'm not good enough and now i feel like i'm being molded like i'm some sort of clay when you guys were revealing information to me while we were talking, I didn't necessarily like or agree with a lot of the things I heard. But it's also not affecting me in any way. So that's why I never brought it up. Because it's not my hill to die on. It doesn't, if it doesn't affect me, why would I try to change it? He didn't understand this. He only wanted to understand that his circles in that religion needed to be their version of pure and entertainment at that time that was current wasn't accepted and they are i feel like him in particular he lost sight of something so something that something so simple as gaming or finding out about a religion or maybe finding this random book that then became your favorite book because it it taught you so many life lessons and you just read it over and over and over again. Or maybe meeting some random person that ended up being your best friend and that's the person you needed at that time in your life and they saved you from so many tragic things. He forgot what it was like to find that because he had already been on the other side of the struggle. He forgot what it was like to struggle. He wanted to skip 
the learning process. He wanted to skip the finding and go straight to your found. And it's like, bro, it doesn't work that way. Like, I'm like, I'm going to tell you straight up. My plans are not to come back. I, I achieved what I wanted to achieve. I came here to learn what you guys had to offer me. And I'm very appreciative that you guys welcomed me. And now that I've seen what you have to offer, and now that I'm having this in- encounter with you, I kindly don't want any part of it. But there's someone in my life that needs it. So I achieved my goal here today. Why is this so hard for you to accept? Why do you need to change someone that's on their way out the door that has already accepted that they have nothing left here? Still wasn't understanding. This is a grown man who should be essentially passing wisdom on, like the speaker that I spoke to or that that I was listening to the, the first day that I went. But he's failing to do this because he's failing to remember what life was like. So some time goes on, we keep going back and forth. And again, it's one of those situations where I had him in a corner and I wasn't being disrespectful. I was just being logical. And to a lot of religious people, being logical is disrespectful. I digress. We parted. I did not apologize for that conversation because I don't think you should apologize for something that isn't an argument. And the gentleman that was speaking the first day that I was there, he was listening outside the door. And he asked me very kindly, he's like, listen, brother, can I have five minutes of your time? I would like to go over what I just heard happen in there. And just how he approached me and his energy and like his face when he was saying all these things, I couldn't help but say yes. It's like, absolutely. You can have 10 minutes if you want to. Let's go talk. So he brings me up near the podium. We have the room to ourselves and we're just kind of going over everything I just said. And he's just, he's telling me his story. He's telling me like what, how, how religion came into his life, what it's done for him and how he's going about trying to help other people that needed what he needed. Only he's trying to make it more accessible because he didn't know how to find it when he needed it the most. He kind of found it on the tail end and then everything got better. So I was telling him my side. I was telling him basically everything I said, you know, like everyone needs a savior, but this isn't it for me. This isn't what's going to save me. This Honestly, I came here to listen to you, not knowing you that you were going to speak, but I came here looking for you. And I got you on the first day. I think that to me was as clear a sign as I needed from anything that that day this is where I this is where I was supposed to be because that forest fired into so many other things and now my mom's here getting what I needed. And she's getting it, and she's rebuilding, and she's recovering mentally. So I was like, in a lot of ways, you, like the only reason I even stood was because of you. Every word that you said, like I felt it. You know, 
I was applying my past experiences to, to, to your speech and everything. And I just, I thanked him and, and he just very, like very polite about everything. He's just like, well, you know, I got a son and he does this, you know, he has the same hobbies you do. You know, me and my son are two very different people. My son is two years older than you. And I don't like, I don't, I'm not disappointed in him for liking the things he likes because I was there too. I liked different stuff than I did 10 years ago. And the stuff that I liked 10 years ago, it wasn't necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily something I want to keep doing. And it took me time to know that. Now, what you're, what you like and what you do, it becomes negative as long as you allow negative inside of that hobby. So you playing your Xbox 360 and maybe you're going on a, a curse barrage. Sure, that's the negativity that you're letting in, but it's, it's you're letting it in because you're competitive. Just like when you go play basketball and maybe someone gets by you and they weren't supposed to and they score that last point that the team needed to win and now you feel like the loss is on you. That's your competitive nature getting the best of you. But it doesn't mean that basketball is bad. You guys did a beautiful thing where five of you came together and you made this highly entertaining game of basketball for people that are just walking by. He's like, I bet you don't even realize how many people stopped by the gate just to watch. Everything can be beautiful if you do it correctly. If you let too much negativity infest in it, that's when some self-evaluation comes. And he was telling me, the gentleman you were speaking to, unfortunately, he is still going through that battle. He still feels... Like, this is the must and the now. Like, if you're not about this, then you're going about life wrong. And he was basically just apologizing for this man, saying, I don't want you to think that this is how we all are, because we're not. He was like, I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't tried to convert you once, <laughs> because that's not what that's not what we do. My job isn't to get you to become a part of our religion, I'm just happy that you're here listening. Because maybe the thing that I'm talking about on a particular day is going to help you get past a hurdle that you didn't think you could. And that's what religion is. And the fact that you told me that I did that for you means that I did my job for you and I didn't even know you. And that shit... At least for that, just spoke like volume, like just like as like man to man, like that just spoke volumes to me, because there's so much like there's just so much shit. These like the not even like 2020, just these days that there's just so much stigma attached to assistance and the right way. And what people consider to be the right way. And any time, like, like, especially lately at work, like, any time that there's just some sort of disturbance or just some sort of dilemma, I always keep falling back to, like, that guy. Because, again, he didn't know me. 
he knew he knew I was there. He knew that I wasn't a part. He didn't know why I was there, and yet he's happy that he helped someone. He had no i he had no idea who their intentions were. He got them where they needed to go so they can keep moving forward. Versus being happy that someone kept moving forward, but now they want to accelerate their pace in their direction forcefully. And that just seems like the narrative these days with people. Like, it's never good enough that you're good enough. You got to be good enough going in my direction when I say you go. And that's like, it's such a bummer because like, I, I remember, I can't, I couldn't tell you what it was. But I just remember, like, that was, like, a real, like, mentally just a fucking low point. Like, it was, it was just bad. Like, it was, the, the home situation was bad. The, my, my, home in, my home environment was toxic. Um, my living environment around my home was toxic. Uh, most of my friends were toxic. Like, it was just, like, I really didn't want to be alive. And... It was like in an instant, it just took one person to say a few things that were so fucking strong or strong enough to like get me to to realize like, oh, there's another door. I just got to open it, you know, like he's not telling me go through the fucking door. He's just helping me see that there's another door. The one that I was focusing on isn't the only one that's there. There's one to the right. There's one to the left. Pick one and find out what's behind it. And I don't really I don't really hear that anymore. I don't really hear people helping because they genuinely want to see others do well anymore. I always see something attached to it. And it's troubling because I feel like that's why there's just so many pricks <laughs> essentially like everywhere like no one no one wants to get to the bottom of shit for the sake of actually helping the individual they just want to get to the bottom of shit for the sake of shutting up the individual and i feel like that's just so ass backwards to a problem like if someone's hurting shouldn't you want to understand why they're hurting so maybe you guys can figure out how they won't hurt again or, you know, versus just putting a bandaid on it and be like, look, it stopped bleeding, you know? So, I mean, <clears throat> touching on that specifically, I, I just feel like, um, it, it just tends because it could be so difficult, right? It, it just tends to be easier to put that bandaid on <laughs> or they like the way they felt when they help that individual, quote-unquote, not so seemingly so at the end. So doing it again, and always being able to do so, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of an indicator uh, that they're basically achieving what they believe uh, they should do as a good person, as a helpful person, as somebody who's probably healing themselves which is what i took from that story i i feel like they put 
that individual in that position for the sake of not only allowing him to interact with um, the church on a different level, but also interact with individuals who are also trying to go through what he so happened to go through. Um, but at the same time, he just wasn't the right person to do it, obviously. And no matter what his intentions are, he's still lost himself. He was maybe not intentionally trying to do it, but he was giving himself an ego boost or a feeling of self-healing by trying to basically get a end result from you that just wasn't possible at least from his doing there was no way the way the conversation went at least the way you, you know you told it nothing seemed like suggestions they sound like commands demands options those are very those are drastically different from a suggestion When it comes to religion, I'm I personally don't believe in an organized religion. I at this point probably don't believe in a god, so I'll probably consider myself an atheist. I was also someone who believed in God at one point in time. One of my favorite memories of spending time is spending time with my mom reading a children's bible. Over time, my faith in that religion diminished for several reasons dark times that never got better or at least it seemingly it never would be um times where it just didn't feel like it would have ever been the cure the solution or the senses that i needed um but i remember one time because my aunt and her family are highly religious not the type that are like parasites that are gonna shove it down your throat but they're very religious. And they offered to take me to church one time. And I said yes. The service was beautiful. Um, even though I didn't have someone, at least, uh, you know, I didn't perceive someone uh, who was doing the service to be like the individual that you had, I could always appreciate someone who has passion and love when they speak about something because when you have a conversation or you're hearing a speech with someone who has very strong conviction and very strong love for what they're preaching it's i always took it as a way to connect to an individual on a different level somehow personal but impersonal at the same time because it's not a direct conversation and it's nice to see someone in that zone because it, it it reminds you how happy and strong as individuals we can be because like religion is a philosophy philosophies differ some of them may contradict but it's a perspective that's always nice to see because it always makes you think, and always makes you, you put yourself against, you know, some of the teachings, just to see how you feel about it, creates a little bit more open-mindedness when it comes to self-reflection. And while you were telling me the story, it 
at, at first, it made me wish that I had the opportunity for someone to offer to do a Bible study because that sounded really interesting. Not because I'm interested in joining a religion or going back because I'm yet to be convinced that that's something that I should return to personally. As someone who's an anthropologist, that perspective could be really uh, fucking mind-boggling for in in a, in in a good way um just because like i haven't been immersed in a one-on-one -on -one closed door conversation about religion um and i didn't realize that until right now at least not to the extent that you had but as you told the story you basically mentioned some of the fears of kind of having something something shoved down my throat, essentially being judged for your actions or ma being made seem like you're fighting against it, like you're not open-minded. Because when he was trying to like find every which way to try to replace something that you love, that's like, it's it's so off-putting. It, it's a turn-off. Just hearing that made me feel. Like, I don't want to say bad, but not, and I don't want to say not safe, but the energy just felt negative. That in itself is a negative environment, which is ironic because that's something that you were trying to find a solution for, is bad energy. And, I mean, I would call that a form of hostility. Maybe it's minor and less, you know, less severe, but... You, it's kind of like being attacked indirectly or unintentionally. But then you came back, and I think it's really just having... It just has to be a certain connection of a certain individual that could... Not, not everyone's compatible. Not everyone could reach you. It's just a very... It was, you were very fortunate to find that person. Because that type of connection... And type, that type of energy that you got from that individual, I feel like it's so extremely scarce that it's actually kind of scary. And it's scary because you could have easily never met that person. Um, I don't know how often he was there, because it could have been an example of a day later, and you would never have met that person. A day earlier, you would never have met that person. But also that timing. Maybe he's not there a year from now. And maybe that's the year where you feel like everyone's toxic. All the environments that you go to, maybe school, maybe home, maybe a friend's house, it's bring you down. It's 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 just really unfortunate that this is not something that's more common. That does kind of my thoughts on that. I get you. I get you. It, I don't know. It was... It's weird to say that it was one of the more interesting points of my... Um, my mental adventure. Because there was... I went through a very strange point in life from like the age of 15 to maybe like 21. 
where I was just mentally doing a lot of stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it for the sake of understanding and trying to get a better grip on people. And this was one of those things that I just needed to tackle because I never understood, like, even asking a family member to explain it to me, they were too interconnected to explain it in an unbiased fashion. They were going to convert. And that's not the conversation I needed to have. I needed an honest one. And I needed the only way you, you typically get an honest one is with someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. But we knew the goal that was in front of me. And he was more than happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Versus me trying to plead my case with someone I know. That this is what I need you to do so I can get to where I need to go and them resisting. For the longest time, I just couldn't. I I kept having that second scenario happen because everyone was just engulfed in it. And not that it's a bad thing because, again, it does a lot of good for a lot of people that need that change. But for me, for someone that needed the education to form an opinion... A respectable one at least because the one I had was just so negative I needed to understand this from someone who was logical about the passing of the information and it took that long to find him and what you just said was very correct from the day that I saw him the first time up to the point where I had the Bible study I only saw him one other time he wasn't there every day or every week, or every month. He was rarely there. He was coming from another state. So the cards just kind of, the stars the stars just kind of aligned. Yeah. You know, he was there for someone that needed what he was bringing to the table. That's what I wanted to digest. And it changed, it changed a lot of, how I react to religious people. Because I I never reacted well to religion. It was always very bad, very disrespectful. It was just very like one-sided. It was just the it was the reaction of a child. And it was it was really bad. And I wish that I could apologize to a lot of those people that I reacted negatively towards. But I just didn't have the understanding of it. I I wasn't spoken to by someone who could leave the bias out the door. I had like one really close one and we connected because he actually played Super Smash Brothers. He was a gamer. This yeah. this dude was cool as fuck. And he would every Sunday come pick up a friend of mine from where I was living and take them to whatever some some church and they he, they'd bring them back in like 3 hours. And I remember he was picking my friend up and I was at his house while he was getting dressed, getting ready. Dude knocks on the door. I let him in because my friend told me to. And he's, he's just waiting. And he's like, oh, uh, you main link? And immediately I'm like, oh, this dude's cool. So we start talking about Smash. And like while we're playing, because he's like really good. While we're playing, I hear him trying to slip religion into the conversation. 
So it's like this stopped becoming about two people having fun. And now you're trying to see where you can fit your agenda in. And he tried. He tried to re- he tried to recruit me. He tried to get me to see what it was like. I, I'm not going to say recruit, but he tried to get me to witness what his what my friend was doing. You know, he was like, "I would love for you to see why he constantly comes every Sunday." Which I knew why he was going every Sunday. It was because of his mother, not because he wanted to go. You know, like why his brother comes and you know all this. Because a lot of the people from where I was from, they went with that guy. And again, it's nothing against him personally. I thought he was cool as shit. But he stopped being cool as shit when I found out why he was cool as shit. Yeah, and the everything. Yeah, the attentions. It, he used that as a way to get in. And don't get me wrong, sometimes people need something to connect. But after you've connected, what you do with that information is going to dictate who you are. And he used it the wrong way. He tried to... He tried to grab me, basically. He tried to, like, pull me in. And that, at that time, to me, was not... That was a no-no. That was not how you were going to get me to be curious about what you guys are doing. I needed that conversation. Even as a, a young brat, I needed that conversation. I knew I wanted to have it. I just didn't know anyone who would have it. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like, even to this day, like, I'm not very hell-bent on religion, and depending on who it is, like, if I, if I know you, and I feel hostility from you, I'm gonna rebuttal with sarcasm, but I'm not gonna try and offend you unless you start, like, really digging, and you want me to rip into you. But, like, my mom's still, she's still involved with that religion. The, the same one that I got her back into, and every now and again she gives me she gives me this this little uh, pamphlet to read. She gives it to me and Jackie every week that she comes to walk the dog. It's always a new one, and it's it's never any like I make sure I tell her, look, I don't know if I'm gonna read it. I appreciate you bringing it. I appreciate you thinking of me, and you maybe you know maybe he's going through a hard time. Maybe something in here is gonna get through to him and help him through that hard time. I appreciate that that's your mentality, not if he reads this, he's going to join. Yeah. You know, like I, I can appreciate what you're doing with the information you have and how you want it to affect me. That I can respect because I can see where your agenda is. Versus five years ago, her agenda was completely different. She was constantly fighting with me, but over time she started to understand like, he found what he was looking for. There is no convincing. Whatever it is that he was looking for that he said he needed, he's got it. He doesn't need this anymore. But it's not going to stop me from reading something that I think might help him and me wanting him to read it to see if he could use that information. Yeah. Because that's not a bad thing. And I feel like that's something people confuse with religion a lot of the times. And that's, that's something that I had to get out of mentally. I had to be able to tell the difference when people were doing that. Because honestly, like I'm not going to say a lot of them, but a few to maybe half genuinely do do that for that reason. Like a lot of the, a lot of the people that I bump into around over, like where I live, 
they'll be walking and they'll hand me something and it's you know i'll just i'll do like the whole hand motion because usually my hand like my my headphones are on and then i see them talking so i'm like fuck all right i take the headphones out just to be respectful and she's like no 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 i'm not asking you like to join or anything it's just a it's a really insightful scripture and maybe this can help you through a hardship in your life but don't look at this as me trying to like coven you and that i can respect because now this has gone beyond you trying to get like a number and go back and be like hey i got this many people now it's just like you going to sleep at night and saying i might have helped this person you know and that's the thing too i also forgot to mention i actually had a conversation this exact same conversation uh the other day where like um people tend to not i don't want to say i want to say how common it is because i feel like it could be 50 50 depending on you know who we talk to and where the conversation is being taking place but um people have a tendency to like have a certain stance right and sometimes they don't budge on a certain stance because they're not convinced by any kind of uh contradicting stance you know which is fine if you're not convinced of another argument then you're not convinced there's nothing wrong in that if you can't convince someone either maybe because they're not understanding or maybe because you can't explain it as well that's okay too but you don't have to like, keep on pushing and pushing and pushing sometimes maybe it takes time for someone to develop or maybe your way of expressing your views or your argument you know needs to grow and i've seen when i've, when I've come to talk to um people who you know who believe in you know not even just christianity just religion in general sometimes they don't understand or they try to find too many different angles um and trying to convince me why you know i should you know convert or dive deeper into their religion and no is just not an answer for them and it's just it's it's they're too caught up in believing that the way they understand something is the most simplistic and only way to explain it and i'm it's just it's just really annoying or and upsetting because it's like people need to normalize the fact that like people have different opinions it's okay to have different opinions but it also doesn't mean that like you have to be a winner or a victor either when it comes to having a conversation or even when it comes to the debate that's a little bit different because you know the debate teams and you know people you know do do that and so they have a, a certain you know mindset when they approach certain things but like it's not gonna help socially people still do it anyway it's an interesting it's an interesting uh it's an interesting occurrence yeah i don't know why i don't i don't i don't know why that popped into my head but it did it's been on my head since since i told you yeah which was yesterday um I don't know. It's it's one of those things where 
it's it's such an inconsistent ground, an inconsistent ground to debate or just to discuss rather, not debate. I wish that there was more like sensible or like just controlled when it comes to opinion. Like I wish that there was more respect in the discussion of your passion rather than the aggression that your passion is what you say it is. And most of the time, no one can take that away from you. You know, it is your passion. I love it. If you don't love it enough to defend it, then you've either defended it way too much and you're tired of the discussion or you might not love it. But I think um, that falls under the category of passion. You know, it's a belief. And if you believe something strong enough, I feel like you should have a logical dis like rebuttal to what people say, but respectfully, you know, like it's... It's like, it's like when people fucking, what was it? I, I used to constantly get ridicule, uh, ridiculed for fucking video games. Like, you know it's not real, right? It's like, well, duh. Obviously. Well, why do you play it? It's like, well, you don't want to hear the answer. Because it's it's honestly, most of the people that I've, that I've said it to, it's honestly too deep for you. Like, you're going to hear it and be like, oh, he's so dramatic. It's like, no, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, like, you just you just don't get it. Just like I might not get what you're going to say about your passion. You know, like I always used to tell people whenever, because again, gaming. So like, I didn't really like have, like, I, I never had less than I needed in my teenage years, but growing up, I had more than I should have. So I was used to that life. And when I got to my teenage years, I had a little bit. Not even a little bit. I had about half of that, which was about the normal amount that someone should get. And gaming was a big thing for me because it took me out of reality in moments where I needed to be taken out of it. And, dude, there would be times where, like, my mom and my brother would be fucking talking to me for, like, five minutes. I wouldn't even know that they're there because I'm so engulfed. Like, I can't can't be bothered. Like the eighty-hour tear with MW two. That's the fucking dude. I, I hallucinated. <laughs> yeah. So. But, when people see that, it's like, oh, he's hooked. He's hooked. It's like, no, this is going beyond so much more than what you can fucking realize, dude. This isn't just someone being hooked on a game. This is a lot deeper than that, and maybe to you who doesn't like dabble in that in that in that world yeah it may seem like a joke to you but your form of release may seem like a joke to me it doesn't mean that we make fun of it or we dismiss it yeah. because the reason i was in so many of those fucking games is because i didn't like what was going on in, in my game i wanted to start mine over and i couldn't yeah basically exactly I couldn't figure out how to fucking start a new character. So I was stuck with the game I was in. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to play other games. And it worked. But you can't explain that to someone who isn't going through that.
in some capacity in their life who doesn't who's not using an escape and it was tough because i had to find a healthy escape compared to what i was exposed to i was exposed to a lot of alcoholism and that's typically the escape my family that's the poison that my family uses if not all of them most of them drink alcohol and a lot of them are unbearable when we're all together like they get frustratingly liquored up and like just to dig a little deeper that's one of the reasons why i can't be around alcohol now as an adult because my patience isn't what it used to be so now if i smell it i'm already triggered so it's like I had to find something to keep myself going, and that just happened to be it. But, you know, just because you found basketball differently than I found basketball doesn't discredit that you found it in a different way I couldn't. I used basketball as a hobby. You used basketball as an escape, where I use gaming for an escape, and you might use gaming for a hobby. We don't have to connect the dots. We just have to respect what we found. And the fact that we respect, we found some, we found an escape healthy enough compared to what we are used to. I think that's a win. And that's, that's like one of those things where it's like the people that were, that would talk, the people that would say a lot of shit. I just couldn't have those conversations with them. Like I remember like, um, you know, going to my cousin's house and the one that you know, or at least one of the ones that you know that that we, you know, that's always in the Discord. Like, a, an appearance for me was like seeing Bigfoot on a unicorn. Like, I was so not around, it wasn't even funny. Like, it was, they couldn't, dude, I've, at one point, I'm pretty sure I thought they thought I moved. And I was like, where the fuck was, like, where was Lee going to go? <laughs> but, like, anytime, anytime I was around and anytime there was, like, a, like, Guitar Hero, that was a big thing for a while for them. And it was, like, everyone was kind of, like, still getting the hang of it. And I think, like, the best one in the apartment was always, like, on medium. And I never, I didn't want to play because I knew that I was going to start getting judged once they saw me playing on expert at like hyperspeed five. So I was always like kind of in the back, like, uh, I'll just, you know, I'm here. I'm with the family. I'm having fun. I don't want to play though. And then it was always like, come on, play, play. And then I start playing and immediately it's like, it's funny at first. Cause like people's reactions are like, what the fuck? Yeah. But then when, when the, what the fuck goes away and the song's over, it's always, man, you got to get out more. And that's when that shit starts. Yeah, and that's when that shit starts. And that's when it's like, you don't understand. Like, the joke stopped when you started saying shit like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that you can contribute to a brittle spirit. To which I'll confess that I definitely used to be. Mm -hmm. I, I have a lot thicker skin now. 
it's not, I it might be too thick because it's very hard to like draw emotion out of me now. <laughs> like I'm very I'm not cold hearted, but sometimes I put up like missing posters for my heart. You know, it's like, have you seen it? Have any motherfuckers? Did you know where it went? Yeah. It's uh, but that's just like that's a fucking. That's just years of dealing with that, not just from family, just from other people. Like, going going to a safe place that you would think, like, oh, wow, there's other people that, that like what I like here, and yet they still react to you like that. That shit's, like, it's demoralizing, and it doesn't make you want to socialize. But that's just kind of, like, part, that just comes with, you know, the risk of you... Because I didn't have to go outside. I could have just chilled. But it was like, at some point, I was like, all right, I can't be inside forever. I got to go and get my experience before my teenage years are over. I got to go out. It just so happens if we end up inside, I'm going to be inside with a set of skills that are going to come out if someone turns on a fucking Xbox. And it was, it was usually unavoidable because most of my friends are gamers, if not all of them. So... It's just, it was just really, just really, really odd. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't understand. I'm not going to say I don't understand. I just don't. I just, I can't fathom, like. Why people do that? Like, why does different spark tease? You know. This also comes with the fact that like gaming has had a stigma that's you know currently changing for the better. Um, yeah, it's I'll taken say, way more seriously now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's still it's still taken as like. Oh, like you, you still need to get out, or like, what are you doing all day? That's not really a job, you know. Obviously, stuff like Twitch and YouTube gaming and stuff like that yeah. definitely like changed a lot of people's opinion about that. But it's still not like fully gone. And you know, back then, if you're not a gamer, people automatically look at you a certain way, most of the time as like some kind of form of negativity. Maybe not entirely. So like. Oh, he's, you know, spending his time indoors all day. Go outside. Do you not have any friends? Or, like, what are you doing? Waste your time. You're going to, you know, rot your brain. You know, you're not going to get any value out of that. Or, like, oh, look at him just playing all the time. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you know, you're bad social interactions. Like, all these assumptions. It's like, it's not what it's about. Because, like, yeah, stuff like basketball, if that's your way to escape, is gonna be associated with, you know, positive things. Athleticism, you know, exercising, good health, because it's so popular, like, it's always gonna be looked at in a good light. And people don't understand that, like, when you poke, even when you poke fun at someone's hobbies, like, yeah, a joke's a joke, but... Sometimes, when the joke's over, like, you don't realize how, because that's looked at in a light of being, you know, something to make fun of, 
it's still gonna hurt and it's still gonna bother especially coming from certain people and when it comes to random people i don't really give a fuck to begin with but you know with you know aunts you know mother cousins always saying like oh this is happening because like they're blaming like your headache on playing a game or like no i just have a headache all you're there all the time and that's why you're like such an aggy mood or like you're in a bad mood or you have a bad attitude like my way to escape is never something negative but everything that's going bad at least in that moment you're associating the thing that's actually making me you know be able to talk to you right now reasonably it's keeping me stable it's allowing me to have more patience with even dealing with you and people just don't have that perspective because it's already something that is associated with so many negative things associated with so many things that you should be or that you could make fun of or just disregard it's just not, it's not taken seriously because it's just a game to them yeah they found different escapes that were logical in their world and like a, a no-brainer and it's just like if it's different than what they found and what other people that were close to them found it's it's just it's such a foreign concept that they're like you know just fucking do something like do something grown up do do like find an adult hobby it's like okay i'll, Why I'll... well because the story in this fucking single player game is a lot better than this fucking book yeah it's more attractive i used to dude oh my god it used to be one of my family members used to say this shit used any time like they saw me like i hate saying first off i hate saying stressed because i feel like people overuse that fucking term but one of my families used to quote unquote see me stressed i was not stressed but they would see me stressed and they'd be like why don't you just go get a beer at a bar and i it always was like why the fuck is that your answer why like why is it anytime anything happens any sort of like adversity in your fucking life you need to go get a beer at a bar go drown it drown it out yeah like what what is that solving is that how yes i go ahead no no go ahead go ahead. i was say you're not giving me anything productive you're not giving me you're not trying to guide me any any no matter what you think you're doing you're not helping me you're not guiding me to overcome anything, you're not guiding me to solve my problems. You're not giving me good advice to help me deal with anything. You're telling me to drown it out with something that's supposed to numb it. It's supposed to make it more bearable. Why are you give me things to make it more bearable? Why are you not helping me to become better, to overcome something? And that's and in that sentence is where I realized because they're drowning. And they, have, they don't have the answers. Exactly. But, like I said before, they want to feel like they're helping someone. It's an ego booster. Maybe he's not intentional, but hey, I see Lee now drinking whenever he's stressed. I'm probably making it more bearable to deal with it. I helped him. But when that one beer becomes two or three or four or five mixed with fucking Hennessy, late nights, 5 a.m., 
alone because it became a habit. It's not their problem. It's not their fault. You should be responsible. You should know when to stop. Yep. And that's, <laughs> and that's, that's the thing too. Like I, people would tell me that, that know, like, or at least that knew me on a more personal level that knew like my, about my anxiety shit. So they knew I was on medication and I have a very addictive personality. So anything I do, if there's a, if there's like intrigue, I overdo it. I immediately, like I can't stop. There's a fucking itch and I just, I have to constantly scratch it. And when I first got an anxiety medicine, like there's a, there's a warning on the fucking label that says this is addictive. This needs to be taken with supervision. And I got fucking addicted to it. I went from popping one that was at the medium dosage to popping two a day. So I was going through a 30-day vial in 14 days. And my body became addicted to it. Which once I weaned off of it, my anxiety got way worse. So I actually had, and again, that's probably, that's not something I, that's probably, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Um, No one fucking knew that. I had to hide that from my mom. I had to, I had to fix that on my own. Because I couldn't tell her that I got addicted to a fucking drug I was taking that was supposed to help me. That shit ended up fucking me up. Because I heard a silly, silly sentence. If one isn't working, try two. And two worked. So I wanted it to keep working. So every day was a double up. And it was, it's shit like that where it's, it's fuck, it fucking sucks because. And, and, and again, I don't want to make it seem like it's just like those people, those influencers are just in my family. Cause there's, there's a few people that are like seriously fucked up in my family, but a lot of my friends at that time were the same way. And that was like, I do have a few people on both sides that do listen to this podcast. So this is the, this is an answer to that question. If anyone was wondering, there was a few years where I ghosted out because I had to figure out who my friends were. And that, that was a fucking lone and cold ass road that I was on for a few years because I had nobody. I had to evaluate my family because I was like, most of you motherfuckers do not have good intentions for me. And it took me to like remove those goggles to realize that shit. But back to the, the addiction thing. It's just like people like people don't, it's, it's again, it's like you just said, it's like a, it's, it's just an ego boost. It's like a dopamine drip. Like people want to feel good thinking they did good. But you have no you have no idea what's going on. And any advice you give could make the situation worse unless you know. Which is why especially now the hardest thing you can do is get advice out of me. I need to know like I need a no bullshit assessment from someone. If they need my advice, you need to like be straight up with me 
and tell me what the situation is, then I can talk to you. Because I'm not going to do to someone what was done to me. And I feel like people don't do that. People take the route that you said, the quick route, the feel-good route. You know, this is faster, and I can go back to my day. Like you know? The yeah. The result that you were looking for, not the result that they needed. They need, yep. And that's... And that, I don't know, that's like, like Jackie, Jackie says it all the time. It's like, you've got a lot of friends. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I have a lot of acquaintances, friend. My friend, my, like my group of friends, first off, I don't consider them friends. Those are my brothers and my sisters. And they're very, it's a very small group for a reason. Because if something's going on, doesn't matter what time of day it is, whatever the fuck I'm doing, even if I'm at work, it stops. And now it's time to assist. Acquaintances don't get that. It's just a stu it's a very stupid, stupid way to help someone. Um Is it responsible? Yeah. yeah. It comes down to it, like if you can't help someone course no matter how much you want to try sometimes you just can't and as much as it sucks that's okay too but people don't understand that and i think i think people don't want to understand that because besides like the ego booster that you know some people most likely probably the strangers yet when you see a loved one someone you care about a lot in a predicament especially when they're in pain that's all you're gonna want to do is get them out of it and so while you can't help you try your hardest and you sometimes could do more harm than good and it's, it's just the reality there's no way around that some people are just not qualified to help someone maybe you know in a certain predicament or at, just at all just they just can't and it sucks but that's just reality and when it came to I just want to bring it back to the guy uh, that you had Bible study with. He probably wanted to help you a lot for both reasons. He probably really did care. Maybe it wasn't a personal connection and that's the reason why he cared. But he probably cared because he's been in that predicament. And while maybe he didn't remember how it felt entirely, I think he did remember how it felt on a personal level the way he personally felt. And so that's why he probably pushed so hard. Because it's not like he gets a commission for doing it. He doesn't really get a gold star. He might get some praise. He might be looked at better in the light of, you know, his peers. Or just an individual. Uh, that's just, you know, coming there for the first time. Because he could explain that story of how he helps someone. But sometimes you just see people and you're like, I wish I could help. 
even if it's a stranger because i've been there i've done that and that's pretty much why i i personally think um from the story that he was going through and he probably felt really bad afterwards that he couldn't if he realized you know what he did afterwards in terms of the very off-putting energy that he actually set out um or maybe he didn't this i mean there's a good chance that he just really didn't and he just felt like you was a lost cause um that's very possible too it's all possible but um i don't know to be honest because despite the very uh unattractive uh approach that he took um it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person i i don't like when people shove religion down my throat i think it's i it, personally it puts you in a, in a bad light to me I, I won't necessarily say that you're a bad person but you're just someone that I don't want to be around um, because I also feel like that's an indicator of your values of not just your religion, but as me as a person and your connection to me. Um, I feel like at one point you don't respect me the way you think you do. Yeah. Um, so that's also something to keep in mind. But when someone says, you know, God bless me. You have good intentions. I appreciate that. That's, you know... Subtle things. Yeah, it's, it's subtle. You're giving me room to still be who I am. You're just expressing a part of you that you use to express, um, you know, maybe love, friendliness... It's a way to socialize with people who are common in your life. And that's the way you spread, you know, good vibes. And I appreciate that. If someone wanted to say a prayer for me, which I've had people, you know, do for me, I always appreciate that. I let them do it if, you know, I have the time. If I feel like it's, you know, right to do it in that situation. It's not, it doesn't seem ill-willed. Because that's someone trying to connect with me on a certain level, and it might be the only way they know how when it comes to me. Maybe not everyone, but for someone they may not know well, or at all, that's the way they ex can express some kind of connection to me of not only good intent, but, you know, hope that I'll be, you know, doing better. That'll help yeah. me. In some way. And. It's, that's honestly like. Beautiful. In his own right. I agree. I agree. Which is why I say. I. As much as I don't agree with it. I think religion is a beautiful thing. It does a lot of. Beautiful things. For. Damaged people. That then can do a lot of. Of beautiful care for people that need it so it's just uh, you know perspective is key keep it sharp keep it respectful and just you know 
keep your passion protected, but keep it open for interpretation and analysis. Because not everyone's going to look at your passion how you perceive it. And I feel like that's, when you get a new, when you get a new perspective of what you love put in front of you, I think it's important to analyze it. Because you may find something out about the thing that you love so so dearly that you didn't know. And that's something that I constantly look for in the things that I love as, I guess I can call myself an adult male now. Um, I actively look for that. I actively look for disagreements and different opinions because it's I'm learning. And as long as I'm learning, I'm happy. Even if it's someone disparaging something I love, I'm learning your reasons why. And, and it may not always be respectful, but as long as I remain respectful to you, I'm good. And you may just need to work on it a little more, but you don't need to do that with me. Yeah. And that's that's what's important for me in that situation. Um, I don't want to run two hours here, so I'm a... I'm a cut. I'm a cut it, but okay. this was a solid chat. One hour, one hour and thirty-seven minutes. You know what I'm saying? Podcast world. One more thing, because I think that's really important. When you actually just mentioned it. Go ahead. Go ahead. So when you said that um, you like to look for opposing opinions because you like to learn, I just want to put it out there too because I feel like it's not necessarily normalized as much as it should be. Um. People should look for opposing opinions uh, for the simple fact that even if they're bad perspectives or opinions or explanations of the opposing view or another view about anything, that will not only strengthen, you know, your views, your arguments, your perspective, but it will actually help solidify your stance. And it's like kind of like a... Um, Another layer of not reinsurance, I guess, like, um, blanking on the word. It's like another layer of, like, solidifying that what you believe in is what you believe in. And I feel like if you are compassionate and have a lot of compassion for whatever it is your view is or your opinion your philosophy you would look for more reasons to, you know to to make it stronger you know what i mean yeah but that's, that's pretty much what i wanted to say i agree i agree i think it's i think it's the move but again that's us you know it's not everyone but as long as we're us I think we're doing pretty damn good. It's just a suggestion. You don't need to do that to fill your life. Just know that me and Albie will love you. 3,000. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Goodbye, podcast world. Albie, thank you. I love you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, don't, let, don't let Jackie hear the last part. Uh, don't eat yellow snow. <laughs>